Podcasts come in a lot of different shapes and sizes, and one of the first decisions you need to make when you decide to run a podcast for your company is what type of show you want to create. This is actually one of the biggest early stumbling blocks company podcasters can run into, and the consequences of making the wrong choice here about how your episodes are going to be structured and what format you're using, they can be really severe when it comes to actually getting any value out of the project. Often when people think podcast, they then think interview, but there are a lot more ways to podcast than to just have interviews. And even within interviewing, there's a lot of different nuances that can really add to or subtract from the value that you're getting out of the show. So depending on which of the blueprints that you're using and which specific success metrics matter the most to you and your company, not to mention your specific needs around you know, time and budgetary investment, there are styles of show that are going to make more or less sense for your business and helping you achieve those bottom line goals, which are you know, the entire reason that you're doing it. So the most important consideration is always going to be how well a specific podcast format will help you meet your overarching and specific podcast goals. Creating a show with the wrong format for your goals means that you're putting yourself at an immediate disadvantage when it comes to making progress towards your objectives, and it's all too common for businesses to put tons of effort into a podcast and even make really amazing content, but not see the kind of bottom line impact that they need to justify the work. So we're going to be talking about interviews, solos, co-hosted conversations, panel discussions, demonstrative shows, documentary style, clip shows, and lives. Of course, there are other formats in the world of podcasting like narrative fiction, news, and so on. But these are ones that you're not likely going to find in a business or a company podcast, so we're skipping them for today. This is The Company Show, a podcast for business owners and marketing managers whose podcast is just one of the many, many things that they need to do every day. I'm Megan Doherty, one of the creators of podcastingforbusiness.com, and on this show, I'm sharing the results of our years of experience working with company podcasts, our original industry research, and talking to experts and company podcasters who have incredible insights and ideas and case studies and strategies about how to get the most out of your podcast as efficiently as possible. So this is an update to the podcast episode that we created back in August of 2022. We've added some information about how these shows can be leveraged within your business and how to make decisions regarding them and added a few more examples so it's easier to kind of get a sense of this type of decision making. So let's go high level for a moment before we dig into these specific episode types. So why is it so important to make a format decision based on your business objectives? Shouldn't it just be enough to create great content for the audience and maybe, you know, meet some people and create some content you can use elsewhere? Those things are all good. And if you choose the wrong format and you make a bunch of content and you know you you get a good reception for it, you will see some value out of it. But you know, we're not just in this for the love of the game, as we say regularly here. We've got KPIs to meet. There has to be a business purpose for the podcast. And the way that you present the information and the way you structure a show and the type of episodes that you create have a direct impact on the value that you can get out of the show. Because we're trying to optimize for the most value, making sure that that format isn't getting in the way or isn't even in conflict with the goals that we have is really, really important at the outset. So here's an example. Let's say that company A started a podcast because they wanted to establish their company as a thought leader in the industry. This is really common. You hear a lot of podcasters you know, in business and elsewhere talking about how they want to be a thought leader. So the goal is being seen as that thought leader and making sure that their ideas and IP get out there into the world for other people to see, discuss, and refer back to them about. So they start a podcast and they get the highest profile guests they can find to join the host who naturally wants them to feel comfortable and highlight their expertise. You know, this is, you know, maybe someone famous or someone really well regarded. You can bask in the reflected glory of having this expert on your show. So the host crafts questions that will let the guest really shine and share their knowledge and expertise. And they promote the episodes by saying, look at this awesome conversation that we had with this absolutely amazing person in the space. Isn't this fantastic? 
And as they do that, and they interview guest after guest, and they promote episode after episode, the thought leadership of those guests increases, and the thought leadership of the host company does not exist at all. The podcast has become a vehicle for other expert opinions, even if it's doing a lot of other things right, like connecting with those experts, like letting them, you know, be uh, high quality by association. They can be making a great show, but it doesn't match the goals that they set out with of establishing themselves as thinkers and innovators in the space. They're investing a lot of time and energy and money promoting the ideas of outside experts. So in this case, they'd be much better served by creating solo episodes with their own content and ideas, answering questions from the community about their space, or if they do want to do an interview style, intersperse it with some solos, but focus in conversations on complementary experts with whom they can have a conversation between equals about topics of mutual interest so they can both contribute to the content and be getting their own ideas out there for other people to talk about and refer back to and cite as sources, in other words, really being a thought leader. So let's look at another example. Company B knows that the most important thing a podcast can do for them is help them increase their professional network. They need more referral and collaboration partners, so they, very sensibly, decide to do a relationship-building podcast. Since both time and money are at a premium, they decide they're going to host panel discussions with ideal referral partners from different industries and create some content that'll be of real use to their audience and maybe get some extra credit for introducing these other experts to each other. Sounds like a great idea, right? And it could be an excellent show. But because there's so little one-on-one time between the host and each of the guests, that relationship isn't really that strong, even if the conversations or discussions that were had were really, really good. It's probably not a strong enough relationship at this point that anyone would feel comfortable making a referral for new business. This can be, of course, somewhat mitigated by investing a lot of time in prep and then follow-up, but then the savings and time spend and cost are eaten up by the extra work that that requires. Instead, it would be a wiser course of action to settle on a weekly or biweekly interview show uh, where the host can spend some real time one-on-one with each guest, talking to them, getting to know them, and planting the seeds for an ongoing relationship. Ultimately, distributing the time and the resources in that way is going to have a better return on the ultimate goal of getting more referrals. So with all of this in mind, let's get into the different episode types and when they are the most appropriate. Now, as we're going through this, keep in mind that these are rules of thumb. There are always going to be exceptions, and there's also always going to be new ways of leveraging podcasts and new takes on these ideas and new strategies that you could try. People are coming up with new brilliant stuff all the time. So again, we're going to be covering interviews, solo episodes, co-hosted conversations, panel discussions, demonstrative shows, documentary style, clip shows, and lives. Let's do it. Interviews, of course, are a hugely popular podcasting format and with really good reason. They're dynamic, they let you network, and they bring fresh new ideas that you can bring to your audience. But there are different kinds of interviews. High level, they come in two types, conversational and informational. Conversational interviews are interviews that are really conversations between equals. Uh, We talked about this in the example, when you're using a thought leadership blueprint and want to be getting your own ideas and information out there and showing yourself on level with the people that you're talking to. The other type is informational interviews, which are about sharing another person's expertise with your audience. And this is the relationship building, content, and audience engagement play. They each have their place, and depending on your strategy and your needs, one is going to be more appropriate than the other. So both kinds of interviews, informational and conversational, can also be part of a conversion-style podcast, where you're looking to move people directly from one part of the buyer journey to another, perhaps as part of your sales process. And of course, like everything, there are good and bad ways to go about it. Using the podcast to try and sell your services directly to your guests is a tactic that some people choose to use, and let's leave it at that. Generally, I think, and a lot of people think, there are better ways to use a podcast for conversions, like in demonstrative shows, which we'll be talking about, or by using the podcast or your recording process as an engagement tool in and of itself, but that's kind of a topic for another day. 
Generally, unless we're talking about a thought leadership style podcast, interviews are usually going to be informational in how they're structured. So a little more detail on that, an informational style interview is where the focus is really on the guest and not so much on the host. The host is shining the light rather than sharing it. And the purpose of doing so is to bring valuable information from that expert to the audience that they're serving. So these interviews work best when you know that your audience needs information that you don't necessarily have yourself. And there are other experts who are doing great work in that area and can share it with them. They're also really good when your key goals for podcasting involve expanding your professional network and building those relationships with complementary business owners, other experts, or people in your space who serve similar audiences. Let's talk a little bit more about the conversational style of interview now, which is, uh, again, the thought leadership style where you're having a conversation with another equal. You want to make sure in this type of interview that you and your guests are talking to each other equally. You're digging into ideas as they come up about a topic of mutually shared interest, and you're each contributing your own experience and expertise to the topic at hand. You are not just running down a list of prepared questions, and you're not going to spend the whole conversation getting your guests to talk about what they are great at. That's a great interview format, but it's informational, not conversational, and the impact that's going to have on your listeners and how they perceive you is different. Conversational interviews can be a little bit tricky. It takes some practice to have this kind of equal conversation with someone, you know, with the mic on, but they really are brilliant for enhancing your own thought leadership because not only are you talking to another expert and of course conveying that you have access to other experts, but that you're on the same professional level they are and you have equally important and interesting ideas about the topic that you have in common. Of course, this means you really need to curate who you're talking to in this podcast. And if you are making a thought leadership style podcast based on conversational interviews, I would really strongly recommend making it a point to include solo episodes as well, just to make sure that you are getting some episodes out there that are uniquely your RP. And you're going to find that among your audience and the people who are listening to you, your solos are going to perform really well because the listeners like you, they came for you, the host. It's often the most popular type of episode in a podcast is going to be the solos, especially when more often it is interview style. So with that, let's talk a little bit more about solo episodes. So these are a really popular podcast format for thought leadership and audience engagement style podcasts. And they're also, of course, hugely useful to those who are making a podcast just for the content. They can also contribute to conversion goals depending on how they are deployed within a buying journey. So let's talk about solo episodes. Solo episodes are a really popular podcast format, especially for thought leadership and audience engagement podcasts. They're also really useful for those who are creating a podcast in order to generate content that they can use elsewhere in the business. Sometimes they can also contribute to conversion goals, depending on how they are deployed within a buying journey. It's a pretty you know robust and flexible episode topic. The only thing it won't really help you do is build new relationships with people. Solo podcasts or individual episodes, if you're mixing up your format from week to week, can either be scripted or off the cuff. Scripted means that you plan in advance more or less exactly what you're going to say and in what order, either with a detailed outline or with a full script. Off the cuff is when you have a key topic or a brief outline and you pretty much just go to town on it and riff with what you want to say about that idea. So both have their pros and cons. Off the cuff can be a little disorganized, a little hectic, but sound much more natural and spontaneous. Scripted could be more organized and you'll definitely not forget anything that you want to include, but it can sound like you're reading and that can get a little boring and difficult to listen to. You want to try out a few different methods for your solo episodes and find out what strikes the best balance for you. And another issue that I want to bring up that people sometimes run into with their solo episodes is that when it's just you and the mic, building the momentum and excitement and keeping that smile on your face for the episode can be a little challenging. Not to put too fine a point on it, it can be weird to just talk into your mic at your computer screen. It's missing the dynamism that a conversation with another human being has 
that keeps the energy going. And for some people, that's completely fine. Just talking into the mic to the audience that they can see in their mind's eye, if not in front of them, works really, really well. But other people do do better having that kind of conversation. So again, testing out different formats, especially when you're towards the beginning of the journey, can be a really good way to figure out what's going to be the best fit for your own skills, style, and preferences. So within these solo podcast types, you know, whether you're doing off the cuff or whether you're doing scripted, there's kind of two styles within that. So there's going to be monologues and also Q&A. A monologue style show is like this episode that you're listening to right now. It's like an audio essay or a blog post. You've got the topic, the different points about it that you want to cover, hopefully with a few stories and opinions to keep things interesting, but then otherwise off you go. So these are great when you want to talk about things that are going on in your industry, share the results of research and experiments, provide actionable information, share theory and strategy with your listeners, and generally teach and get your content out there in an uninterrupted fashion. The key idea here is information transfer from you, the host, to the listener in a really efficient and portable way. Q&A is another really popular style of solo show, where the host answers questions that were either submitted by listeners, and sometimes even with audio clips of people asking them, which can be included, which is really, really fun, but not necessary, or that have been culled from inboxes, social media, other forums. This style of Q&A show is great for a lot of reasons as well. This type of show can be great for a lot of reasons. It's so repurposable. So Q&A style shows are also really, really popular where the host answers questions that were either submitted by listeners or culled from inboxes and social media and elsewhere on the internet. And these have tons of pros to them. There's lots of great things you can get from a Q&A style show. So first and foremost, if one person drums up the courage to actually ask a question, you can be reasonably confident that there are a lot of people wondering about that same question and looking for the answer and providing that answer is a real service to your community. And Secondly, it is so, so, so repurposable. You can have massive Q&A lists, multimedia resources for your sales team, content to put on social. You can use these all over your online presence and within the different customer-facing areas of your business. One of the reasons this is so great is that, you know, for a lot of experts, answering questions can be really, really fun, but it can be tedious to answer the same question for the 400th time. So having a definitive answer to a common question that you can share again and again and again is really, really valuable. Another nice thing about Q&A shows is they can be pretty quick to put together. You know, pick a theme, find a few questions you've been asked, read and answer them, send to production, and you are on with the rest of your day. Now, let's move on to co-host conversations. So a co-hosted podcast is pretty much what it says on the tin. It's two hosts mostly talking to each other and sharing information with the audience. These kind of shows are often, but not always, really focused on education and sometimes thought leadership. It's taking subject matter and conveying it to the listener in an organized and enjoyable format. So these shows can be a lot of fun when the hosts have a good vibe and there's lots of interesting topics to talk about. And when an audience is engaged, that can really be a wonderful back and forth and relationship building, not just for the hosts individually with the audience, but the way the brand is perceived as creating and making available this content. So you'll see this is particularly useful for audience engagement style podcasts where there is an audience that's hungry for that content and engagement and for thought leadership ones where you want to be having most of the information and ideas coming from within the company and demonstrating the company's expertise, whether or not, you know, you're a corporation or an individual, exactly the same thing. So there's a lot of different ways that a co-host conversation can be organized. You know, one host can just kind of serve up a topic of conversation and then lead a discussion with the other host. It can just be two people talking back and forth if they've got that really good energy together. Often, again, sometimes with an outline, sometimes with a script, but generally just kind of bouncing off each other. And every now and then, co-hosted shows will have a guest join them for specific topics or maybe in specific segments. But from a production standpoint, I think a lot of co-hosted shows find that gets a little chaotic. 
So for the most part, co-hosted shows, when it's you know two hosts, three hosts, or even four hosts, tend to be just that group of people having the same type of, or the same format of conversation from episode to episode. And again, this is a really, really strong engagement or audience engagement strategy where you are connecting with the audience and giving them exactly what they want, which is more time with the hosts. So early in the episode, I talked about demonstrative podcasts and how they can be really useful. And I'd like to get into that in some more detail now. So demonstrative podcasts are shows that are primarily used to show that you walk your talk. Think case studies, live coaching, analysis of event, reviews and commentary in the industry. So these are generally for audience engagement or conversion style shows, sometimes with a little bit of thought leadership thrown in there for fun. And they can be a little more difficult to arrange than a straight interview or solo episode, but they can be so enormously valuable for an audience and business that it's often worth the effort. So coaches and consultants find a lot of value in this style of show. If they have clients willing to be coached on air, it can be an amazing way to demonstrate the methodology that the coach uses and the kind of breakthroughs that their clients can see. So this helps the listener by giving them an example to relate to and proof that the service of the coaching works. And it gives the business a chance to demonstrate the value of their service, how it works, and have a case study that's kind of living and breathing and can be intimately related to by the listener. You can also have an interview-style demonstrative podcast where the host primarily talks to current or past clients about what they achieved together. And this also builds a library of really, really powerful sales tools by telling the stories of things that have happened that were great within the business. So of course, not every demonstrative podcast needs to be a direct case study. The goal with this type of podcast is to show in a real way that the company knows what it's talking about. And so other things like providing reviews of products, services, books, and other content creators can accomplish a similar goal. And likewise, researching, analyzing, and communicating news and developments in the industry have the same impact. They're demonstrating the knowledge of the industry. So you're probably starting to see right now that there is a lot of overlap and there's a lot of interplay between these episodes and one that is one type is also part of another type. And that's why it is so, so important to be clear on your goals right at the outset, because there are all of these options and there are a lot of ways to get a lot of value. But if you don't focus where you want that value to be appearing within your show, you're not going to be getting as much as you could. So what we've covered so far are the main high-level options for weekly or bi-weekly release schedules. Once you get into the swing of your podcast, they're pretty quick to create for the most part, and you can build a really solid workflow, you know, either with your team or with your third-party service providers that meshes just seamlessly into all of the other things that you're doing with your day. But, but there are a whole bunch of other show formats that can take a little more arrangement on the front end, more production work, more planning, more organizing, more back and forth. But for special occasions or for milestone events, they can be really worth the time to do something kind of special. So the first of these is a documentary style podcast. And so this is one that sort of tells a story with a beginning, middle, and end. And this is either within a single episode, uh, probably longer than, you know, 20 or 30 minutes, getting into to more of that 60 to, to 120 range, or from the beginning of a season or series to the end. Very often, these are going to be more highly produced with more sound design and sound elements than a standard interview or solo show. And because of that, they can be a little more challenging and expensive to produce, but the results can be absolutely astounding in terms of the audio product that you create and the benefits of people kind of using that podcast as an entry point into the rest of your work can be very effective and generally evergreen. Sometimes a single host will provide all of the narrative and information within a documentary style podcast. And other times you may have a combination of the host providing framing and context, but supplemented by other speakers or news or media clips with personal anecdotes, specialized information, or additional context. Now, this kind of show, especially the more different media sources you have coming into it, is going to take a lot more planning on the front end and a lot more production on the back end than a standard interview or solo show, which is why it's going to be more frequently a special or standalone event than something that's created every single week, which would typically be two or three people's entire job. 
So some business use cases for a documentary style show could be like the origin story of your organization or a snapshot of your current company culture, or maybe a series following a client or customer using your products or services. Maybe it's showing everything that's happening at an industry event that you're really involved with, or even, you know, in celebration of a product or service or book launch. So clip shows are another type of special event podcast episodes, and they are generally composed of different selections from other episodes that are within the podcast archive. An example of that might be like the top 10 lessons I've learned from 100 episodes, or the 10 best guest questions from a year of podcasting. Any sort of theme that you can have a lot of people answering the same question on, or that are going to be connected thematically some other way, can be stitched together and re-edited into a brand new episode usually with some framing by the host, providing the new context and maybe some additional thought and commentary about all of these clips and how they work together, what connects them and why they're meaningful to be listened to again. So this production process can be a little bit ungainly, but the end result tends to be really, really cool. And there's some nice, unique benefits to doing it this way as well. Not only are you repurposing old content, but it can be a great way to have a reason to reach out and connect with old guests again. This is really important, especially in a relationship building style podcast. If you want to have a regular reason to reach out to people, you can Reach out to a former guest and say, hey, that thing that you said back, you know, it, last January was so awesome. We decided to feature it in our expert advice roundup clip episode. Here it is. Please share it again and please let us know what you think. So, of course, that's not going to happen every time. And clip shows and other shows like them are a lot of work for every single episode. But they can be really fun, especially when you really want to highlight the great people that you've gotten to connect with, the great things that you've said yourself, uh, or otherwise draw attention to a big episode or event within your company. Next up, let's talk about panel discussions. A panel discussion show is one where you gather multiple experts on a topic and moderate a conversation between them. I am sure that you have seen this at conferences. As the moderator, the host is going to pose question and then get insights from each of the guests and maybe add their own thoughts as well. So these can be really fascinating podcast episodes, but you know, a lot of work to put together. There's a lot of prep that has to go into moderation, and there's also a lot of work that has to be done while moderating a panel discussion to make sure that everyone's talking more or less an equal amount of the time. They tend to be enough work that I wouldn't recommend them as a regular part of your podcasting schedule. Just getting that many people on a call at the same time can be a headache, but they can be really great, just like uh, clip shows and documentary style episodes to celebrate something like maybe the end to a season or a series special to promote a major launch or release that you've got going on, a bonus episode maybe for subscribers or some kind of quarterly event that you're going to really focus on promoting and getting a lot of eyes on. In my example at the top, I talked about, you know, the possibility of an ongoing panel discussion type show as a really strong relationship building tool. And you certainly can get relationship building benefit out of this kind of panel discussion. But as the moderator, uh, you're really putting yourself more in a thought leadership type of position. And you're really making an audience engagement play by getting all of these experts to share insight and discuss something that is going to be of use, hopefully, to your audience. Last up, let's talk about lives. Now, live podcast episodes are a source of some contention in the industry. Some people think that they shouldn't be considered podcasts at all. They are a different type of media. Some think that they can absolutely definitely be repurposed in part of a podcasting strategy. As with most things like this, the truth is somewhere in the middle. But I do think that lives come with kind of a big fat asterisk as far as podcasting is concerned. In pretty much any of the podcast types that we've discussed so far, there is an understanding when you're going into creating the content that it is a broadcast type of content. You are creating content now that is going to be broadcast to many to hear later at their leisure. Lives, on the other hand, are set up to be done at a specific time that people can engage with live. Even if they can't directly like ask a question or engage with the host, there is a dynamic two-way relationship between the live audience and the live 
hosts, that is just going to be different than something that was pre-prepared without that energy happening. A live event does not usually translate perfectly to audio. And sometimes when someone's listening to a live that has been repurposed into a broadcast format, you know, a standard podcast, it feels a little alienating. And that's not necessarily something that you want to be making your audience feel. But sometimes it can be appropriate to do a live, maybe again, as these are special event episodes, right? So it can be appropriate to do a live to celebrate a launch, to celebrate 100 episodes, to celebrate something new that you've done within the business, then have that live content repurposed to the podcast episodes so people who weren't able to be there can still benefit from it. There are some podcasts, of course, that do a lot of live work or even have live elements to their regular podcast recording. And this can be an audience engagement or a conversion strategy letting people have access to live recordings as, you know, after they've say subscribed, for example, or maybe only for customers or a certain privileged class of your audience. But it really does need to be approached strategically. And just repurposing uh, a live that you happen to do for, you know, reasons unknown into your podcast isn't necessarily going to be helping you achieve the goals of the podcast. So do lives, but use them cautiously. So as we are winding down here, how do you take all of this information and actually integrate it? If you're starting a brand new show, then right now you get the fun of looking at your business goals and picking the show format that's going to best help you meet them. You're going to want to consider the time that you're going to need to spend coordinating with people, recording, and the amount that you're going to need to invest in post-production and promotion. Now, of course, when you make a decision like this, you are not bound to it till the end of time. Nothing is written in stone. You can make changes. But if in doubt, plan something simpler to begin. It's always easier to add content and complexity than it is to take it away from an audience that's gotten used to it. It's most important that everyone involved in the podcast in your company knows what the goals are and knows what to look for that's going to indicate whether or not it's working so that as you produce episodes and as you get into the workflow of it, you can actually have some clarity about whether or not it's working as design. And as you get more comfortable and as you get more into the workflow, you can start experimenting and doing more things and trying out different episodes episode types. If you already have a show, then it's time to take a really good hard look at whether or not your show's format is aligned with the business goals that you have and whether or not it is actually achieving those goals. If what you want and what you're doing are aligned, congratulations, you're doing it just right. There's nothing else you need to do right now. But if you are feeling like what you want from your podcast and what you are currently achieving with your podcast are not perfectly aligned, then you might want to start making some changes. And the first thing that you should look at is the format of your episodes. And if your format is specifically optimized to help you get the thing that you actually need from your podcast, you can always reach out to us to help you with this. And we've got tons of resources on podcastingforbusiness.com that will help you. As always, I'm your host, Megan Doherty, and The Company Show is produced by the whole team at One Stone Creative. If you found some value in this episode, the best way to support us is to share it with the business owner that you think should hear it. Next week, we have got a fantastic conversation coming up with Beata Chalet, a business growth architect who's joining me to talk about how and why you should perform research for your show, different ways to leverage one within your business, and some very, very bad podcasting behavior that we do not want to see anymore. We agreed about a lot of things and also had some different ways of looking at certain strategies, which made for an amazing conversation. Here's a quick preview and otherwise, can't wait to catch you next time. So I have to be intentional about if I'm really here to serve, to say, hey, Megan, if this was a really good experience and you see now what I can do and who I am, do you know somebody who might need me? Or is there something in here that you might need? And then you can say yes or no. And then we'll we'll kind of move on. But that's how you start building these referral pipelines and these lead generation pipelines 
You just have to be clear that not everybody you speak to is actually going to be a client today. 